Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. LaFleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire back to LaFleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a ball! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est bon, c'est ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. pour les Canadiens. Le troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup! Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. It's gonna be sick. Marinero on this uh, Thursday night, it is May 18, with one eye on the screen because the puck is about to drop for period number three, and the Florida Panthers have a 2-1 lead after two periods of play versus the Carolina Hurricanes, and 18-17 uh, to 17 are the shots for the Florida Panthers. Shot attempts are 38 apiece. This is almost as evenly matched as you can get. Uh, maybe to the surprise of many, and uh, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I don't think any of us should, right? Even though most of us probably predicted Carolina uh, to win this series. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, this series is very, very early. I mean, we don't even have a winner tonight. But if you thought that Florida was going to get blown out of the water here, uh, the Florida Panthers can play with the uh, with the Carolina Hurricanes, folks. The Florida Panthers can play with the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, they uh, didn't beat the Boston Bruins by fluke. And uh, they didn't beat the Toronto Maple Leafs by fluke. And they're playing with Carolina. And what's interesting about this series, there's many things, actually. One is that, um, you know, Paul Maurice is going up against his former team. And he's going up against uh, another coach that he actually used to coach when he was a player in Rod Brindamore. So it's, uh, you know, the uh, the professor versus the student. And we're going to see who comes out on top. And uh, we've seen these professor versus student battles before. And as a matter of fact, uh, once upon a time, Jacques Lemaire, who was the student, actually beat Professor Scotty Bowman. And Scotty Bowman um, is, you know, arguably the greatest hockey coach of all time. And uh, sometimes the student comes out on top and sometimes the professor doesn't actually show all of his tricks and uh, experience kicks in. And we'll see what happens. Uh, both good guys, Paul Maurice and Rod Brindamore. So for me, whoever wins this series, I'm OK with it. Uh, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, Dallas versus Vegas. You know, I kind of want to see, uh, once again, I don't have a problem with who wins because uh, Vegas, you know, they've gone pretty far in the playoffs uh, since they actually broke into the league, and it would be nice to see if they can uh, they can pull it off. At the same time, um, I've had Adeline uh, Nezredin, the assistant coach of the Dallas Stars, on the, uh, on the SICK podcast before, 
uh, had a couple of conversations with him. And, uh, you know, I, for sure, I'd like to see a guy like that win. And uh, you take a look at the uh, career that the old Carolina thought they had it, by the way. And uh, it just got by Bobrovsky, but, uh, you know, it uh, it just sat there. There's no way across the line. So uh, actually far from it. But uh, Carolina had a couple of players that actually raised their sticks in the air, thinking that they were going to pull it off there and score. But uh, no, it's not meant to be uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes. Says Jarvis, by the way, scored on an absolute rocket. I, I know that Paul Maurice, this is the second time, by the way, that I see Paul Maurice just become livid and his team give a great response. The first time, and it's happened many times, but off the top of my head, and one time when it happened was on the 29th of March. That's the day that um, Keith Kachuk went on our buddy Carlo Koliakou's show out of Toronto and uh, basically called out the Florida Panthers for not being overly competitive, uh, not being you know uh, overly tough or overly physical. And uh, they were playing Toronto that night, and uh, there was a goal that Toronto had scored but was called off. And um, Maurice just went nuts. He went nuts. His team ended up winning that hockey game 3-2 in overtime on a goal by Brandon Montour, if memory serves me well. And tonight, uh, he was not very happy with uh, nor his team nor the officials uh, because the officials put uh, the um, Carolina Hurricanes on a 5-on-3 power play for, I think it was, I don't know if it was 72 or 82 seconds. Uh, I tried to make a mental note of it, but, uh, you know, once you get older, uh, those numbers that you remember like this, uh, sometimes, you you know, they confuse you a little bit. But anyway, and so he just, um, he was really unhappy and he let it show. And then, you know, for period number two, his team comes out and this is a good hockey game. The pace is fast. Um, it's back and forth. And this is a better hockey game than I think we saw between... Uh, I mean, Toronto and Florida had a couple of good hockey games, but for a series that went, uh, you know, uh, the amount of time that it went, uh, I I just, I don't think we saw that many. I I think we saw more bad games than we saw good games. The second round in particular, I wasn't crazy about it. I didn't like it all that much, but anyway. Um, George Larac. Okay. We are waiting for you. I just text him. We are waiting for you, right? He's a regular contributor on Thursday nights, and um, he's been traveling so much as of late. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, he was in Edmonton, and um, he was, um, well, he's been everywhere. But I remember that he was in Edmonton when he was supposed to join us. There's a little bit of a time change, of course. And uh, today he's in Vegas. And if you're thinking that he's in Vegas to watch the Vegas Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars. Think again, because uh, he's not there. He's not there. Uh, the Sick Podcast is uh, brought to you in part by La Bitta TV, right here. You see them? Uh-huh. There we go. There we go. Uh, La Bitta TV. Um, brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. They offer quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bitta TV, embrace your true nature. Also brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group. They've been named by the Financial Times as one of America's fastest growing companies in 2023. They've been recognized by the Globe and Mail as a top growing Canadian company for two years in a row now. They work with some of the biggest Fortune 500 companies providing end-to-end logistics services. Join a winning team. They win the Stanley Cup every year, these guys. And check out Energy's career page for available opportunities. It's a great 
place to work with a young, dynamic staff. And also brought to you in part by XL Moto, the premier motorcycle and scooter dealership in Montreal for over 20 years. Their dealership carries seven different motorcycle and scooter brands. They are the number one Aprilia and Piaggio ambassadors for the last five years uh, in terms of the entire Piaggio group, by the way, which is Aprilia, Piaggio, and Vespa scooters. And uh, they're number one ahead of a dealership in Miami. Excel Moto, your ultimate destination and best customer service experience. You check out excelmoto.com. They're at 5480 Pare. You'll find the number to call. And uh, give uh, Vito Di Cosola a call. He's waiting for your call. And they got a promotion right now. Uh, they'll give you a helmet on the purchase of a, a Vespa scooter. They'll uh, call them for all the details. Check out excelmoto.com once again for the phone number. All right, okay. Um, as we uh, wait for George Larac, uh, that'll give me plenty of time to actually give you a somewhat of a play-by-play about what's going on here. I can do that. I can do that. I'll take a look at the uh, YouTube chat. And um, if Montreal can get a right-handed defenseman, says shoe, a center and a goalie throughout the next draft, it's a win. Well, uh, yes and no, because if that's what you want, it's because that's what you've determined as needs, which is fair. But you know what they say when you draft uh, by need over position, over over best player. I'm a little bit rattled because Carolina just scored a tic-tac-toe goal to tie this game up at two. That was just a thing of beauty. It's absolutely out of this world. It, they look like uh, you know the, the Harlem Globetrotters passing around that basketball. It was fantastic. Wow. Hey, you can feel the crowd in uh, in Carolina. I don't even have the volume on. I see the white towels and stuff like that. And all right, some good board work and back to the point. And someone cut out a position there for uh, Florida. It ended up leading to a three on two. They battle. They battle. Ended up leading to a three on two, and it went from left to center to right. Right-handed shot up and over Bobrovsky. Wow. What a goal. What a goal. That's a beautiful goal. Jarvis and uh, Neshkash get the assist. And it looks like if it's uh, Stefan Neeson who got the goal. Power play goal, by the way. So Florida tried to get it out. They couldn't get it out, and that's what happens. Wow. Just like that, now the shots are 25-19 to 19 for Carolina. I think when uh, the third period started, I think Florida was up by a shot or whatever it was. Eric DiOrio, congrats, Tony, for losing the weight. Oh, thank you very much, Eric. We'll find out tomorrow exactly how much I lost because I'm going to be in studio with Jean-Charles Lajoie. It was back on um, March 27th. That um, Jean-Charles said, um, you know, I, I think we were talking to each other about our weight or we wanted to challenge each other. I don't know how it came about the entire conversation. As most of you know by now, I'm a regular collaborator on uh, BPM Spot 91.9 on your FM dial out of Montreal. And um, Jean-Charles hosts the, uh, the morning show from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. He also hosts a television show, GC, at TVA Spot on TVA Spot. Monday to Friday between 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. And I'm a regular collaborator on that one as well. Monday to Thursdays in this case. 
usually at around 5.30. Anyway, we ended up challenging each other, and I said to Jean-Charles, I said, how much do you commit to lose? And he said he committed to lose 21 pounds. He asked me how many pounds I committed to lose, and I said I committed to lose 25 pounds. And um, we, we gave ourselves 60 days to do it, uh, but seeing as uh, Monday is a holiday and, um, you know, we, we got some text messages from uh, some of our uh, listeners, we decided to actually go on the scale tomorrow. So tomorrow we're going to go on the scale. Uh, I believe tomorrow will be um, probably day 57 or day 58. And uh, we'll see what the, uh, what the scale says. My scale in my house looks pretty good. But uh, when you transport a scale from one house to another establishment and then you get off your floor and then put it on another floor and then maybe it's not even, who knows what the scale will say tomorrow. Um, but yeah, some weight has come off for sure. And uh, so tomorrow I'm sure we'll take, uh, we'll take some pictures and um, says enforcer low carb diet. Um, yeah, a little bit of that, but um you know, I'll give it all the details tomorrow, but I joined the weight loss program out of Toronto called the Apex 31, and it really gave me a shot in the arm. It really gave me uh, a real good kick. And so, you know, if you want to join the program, you want to get a hold of me, um, I could tell you a little bit about the program, even give you a, uh, a promo code so you can uh, you can save some money when signing up. So if you want to do that, just uh, you can uh, send me an email, Tony at the sick podcast.com. Uh, if you don't have social media and if you do have social media, you can just get a hold of me on uh, Instagram DM or LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever you want to choose. I'll get back to you. Nick Babrov is the key for Montreal to draft Michkov. Yes. And no, yes. And no, because, um, Yes, Nick Bobrov has ties with Michkov's team in the KHL. But let's not forget, Kent Hughes knows this draft class like the back of his hand. He knows the 04s and the 05s like the back of his hand. And this is, this is big-time information, by the way. So um, he coached these age groups, all right? He coached these age groups. And so this is why he knows them really, really well. So I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I have two boys, as you know. One is an 03, one is an 05. If I was part of a club and um, I was the general manager, the sporting director, the technical director, whatever, and uh, there was a draft, and um, I was in that, you know, I, I, you know, I have scouts and stuff like that. But if it would be the 03 and or the 05 draft class, I'd be confident that I can draft better players over anybody else in the city, in the province. The country's a stretch, but because I don't get all, out all that much to watch games. but And I, I would imagine that Kent Hughes feels that way. You know, George Larac, as a matter of fact, he coached some kids as well. And uh, George... Uh, I don't know which draft class, uh, which age category. I think they're the 07s that George is very, very familiar with, but I could be wrong. And George knows like the 07s, like the back of his hand. I think it's the 07s. And I'm sure he'll tell you that if he was uh, drafting and if it was a draft class for the 07s, 
he would feel comfortable that he knows some of those players better than anybody else. So is Nick Bobrov the key to drafting Michkov? Yeah, he could be the key to drafting Michkov, but as much as he might go to bat for Michkov with the information he has, Kent Hughes might go to bat for the information that he has as well. Now, usually the director of amateur scouting wins. I get that too. We have our guy. Let's go to him right now. George Larac, what's going on? What's going on, Tony? Here, look at this guy. Look at this guy. Put, why don't you put the camera sideways? Okay. There you go. Are you driving? No, no, no. I'm at the rink. Um, yeah. In Vegas. My son, in the, like, he's in a hockey tournament. He's yeah. playing 40 minutes. It's three hours behind right now. So that's why I'm there right now, and uh, it's awesome. Okay, he's, Love he's it, playing totally. in 40 minutes? Yeah. Okay, so how long will it take you to get from the car into the arena? Uh, it'll take me five minutes. Five minutes? Okay, yeah. so today we're 38 minutes, bro, or what? Uh, 30 minutes. <laughs> 30 minutes, okay. Yeah. So he's, okay, so what, what time is it now in Vegas? Three hours behind. Is it 7.16? Yes. Okay, so at uh, at well, what is quarter, it? At eight o'clock. Quarter two, quarter two, quarter two, half hour. No, no, but I'm just no. I'm saying right now it's seven seventeen p.m. in Vegas. Correct? Yes, you have. We have till seven forty-five. No, that's fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm. That's not what I'm asking you. I'm wondering what time does this game start? Starts at around eight o'clock. No, seven fifty. Ah, so oh wow, seven fifty. It really is a tournament yeah. here. Yeah, it is. So they're hey, right on hey, time. George. George, it seems like every time I've talked to you in the last two months, I don't find you at home anymore. No, you're right. Uh, I, you know, Tony, next week I got to be in Edmonton. After that, I got to be in Moncton uh, for another charity thing. After Moncton, I got I to gotta go to Israel. David's kids is getting married. After that, I go, I'm going to... Hold on a second. For those who don't know, David is David Etegi, who's a former player agent. I think he was your agent, was he not? Yes, he was. And he was the agent of Gallagher and Carey Price for 10 years with the Sport Corporation. With the Sports Corporation. So, I was, yeah, it was, so, it was so. officially, I think it was Jerry Johansson, who was Carey Price's agent, but they worked for the same company, right? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. He, yeah. he, took care, he took care of Price and Gallagher. Uh, you know, Johansson took care of the contract. David took care of, uh, you know, when they need a car, like side deals and stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. That's what he did. Oh, yeah. really? So I'm going eh? to, so I'm going, his son is getting married. I'm going to Israel. I'm going to Nashville for the NHL uh, for the draft because I'm talking oh. to the rookies, guys that get drafted. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. That, that's my job, Tony. I also, I'm also with the NHL. You know that. Yeah, no, I know you're with the NHL, but I didn't know that that was part of your responsibilities. Yes, yes. I'm, all the diversity, uh, inclusion, uh, you know, coalition, like, talk that we have with all the rookies Fantastic. and stuff. So, Fantastic. Yes, yeah, so I'll, be, I'll be traveling a lot uh, in the next uh, two months, bro. Yeah, okay. Listen, can I come with you? A lot, a, lot of, a lot of different pillows. Can I come with you to Nashville? Yeah, you can, yeah. Yeah? So when you're talking to the rookies, can you get me in there? Uh, we're going to podcast oh, live no, from there? No, no, that no, that isn't possible. No, you can't no. do that. No, no, that you can't do that. No, okay. no. All right, no, okay. Sorry. No, no, but uh, listen, all this, all the, so everything, all this travel. So once, where have you been traveling? In the last month, where have you been? In the last month. Edmonton? Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto, Moncton. Uh, no, at Halifax. Um, you were in Ottawa for the, hockey, for the homeless tournament? Yeah, Ottawa too, yeah. Totally, every every week there was some somewhere. 
every week. Wow. And you're doing this, uh, not, uh, some for the NHL and some for charity events. Yes. Some for charity events, some in the NHL, some see my kid. Like my kid has a hockey tournament in Vegas, right? So yeah. I have to go. So uh, so I'm there watching his game. And two games today, two games tomorrow. It's crazy hey. schedule, man. Hey, uh, I know it doesn't take much to impress you uh, because obviously you, you played in the National Hockey League and you play with the greats. But I'd be willing to bet that watching your son play hockey is some greater moments than you had playing in the National Hockey League. Oh, Tony, by it's the best. Then it's the best. It beats all the 13 years I played in the NHL. Forget it. Um, You know, he wears my number. He's so proud. And kids today, they're so skilled. He's way better than I was when I was 14 years old. And that's awesome. What what, what draft year is he? What what, what age? What birth year is he? He's on nine. He's on nine. My March. uh, He's he's born March 30th, 09, 2009. You know, someone sent out a uh, on on the YouTube chat before. It's uh, it's two two by the way between uh, Carolina and uh, the Florida Panthers with about uh, nine minutes to go in period number three. Someone put on the chat before that uh, that Nick Bobrov is the key towards to, to drafting Michkov, right? He's the key, and um, and I said, yeah, it could be because he's the director of amateur scouting and he's got ties with uh, with the Michkov's team in, in 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 Russia and his and his dad actually works for them as well. But I said, you know, Kent Hughes could also be a key for the Canadians drafting another player instead because Kent Hughes coached the 04 and the 05 draft class, and he knows it like the back of his hand. Like, he's very, very comfortable with that draft class. And I said, you know, my boys, uh, one was 03, one was 05. If you would ask me to scout soccer players from that draft year, from that birth year, uh, I would feel so comfortable because I know them like the back of my hand. And I was mentioning, you coach some, some kids, do you not? Yes, I do. I do. I the 07s or? 07, 08, 09. It's, in the summer, what I did, because my son, when he comes in the summer, right? Uh, yeah. Daddy is no, no longer cool to do one-on-wise ice session with him, uh, practicing on stuff. So what I do now is I rent the rink in Brassard for one month. And uh, I invite all the, like, 07, 09, 08 kids that come skate. We do games. I'm refereeing. And it's free. I give the uh, the ice is for everyone for free, so as you could imagine, George, you're amazing, man. George, George, you're amazing, and, bro. I'm not just saying and, that, and, I mean. and, and, and I'm not even going to tell you what the bill is for a month when you no, rent no. the ice at the center. But you know what? It's this kid. They, they pay so much money for organized hockey, so you know, it give a break to the parents. The kids get to play some hockey, hockey game. I go on. I'm the referee, and uh, my son is happy. My daughter is playing too. And they're, they're having fun. We're playing games every day, and it's awesome. You know, George, uh, everyone talks about how big you are. I actually think you're as big as you are because your heart is that big, so your body just had to keep up. But it's it's an amazing thing what you do, George. Honestly, I'm really happy to call you a friend of mine. Uh, when I hear stories like this, it really touches my heart, you know. And uh, uh, I would imagine that renting the ice at the Bell Center Don't is. Be- yeah, and we're back. Yes. Yeah, but we're back. What I, happened? I, 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 no, nothing happened with me. Something happened with you. My I, my oh, internet is absolutely sorry. fantastic. I can tell you that. Sorry. I brought in uh, I brought in my boy Terry Cutler of Psychology Labs, uh, probably about three or four weeks ago. I said, Terry, I want you to take a look at my internet. I wanted you to take a look at my wiring. He fixed me up like I've never been fixed up before. All right, so That's shout awesome. out to Terry. Hello, Terry. 
no, George, I was saying uh, you got a heart of gold, man. And I'm, I'm really, really proud to, to call you a friend of mine because that story that you just said, renting the ice, and you do so much more than that, by the way. But renting the ice for the kids, that really touched me. And you know what? You talk about getting the kids on the ice. Speaking of which, there's a couple of Haitian kids in the city. I don't uh, I quite know all their names because I, I actually follow some of their dads on Facebook and they post videos of their kids. Maybe you can enlighten me, but George, there's a couple of Haitians, 07s, 08s, 09s that are unbelievable, eh? Yes, there are. And there's so many of them. I don't want to name them all because I don't want to do prejudice to not forget some of them. That's, that's but, a good, yeah, uh, yeah. But the one I follow, I think, um, the one who I think I, I know the dad, well, just because we're Facebook friends, I think the fam, I think it's Edouard. Yeah, yeah, Patrice Edouard. Zachary, that's one of the kids that is very good. But there's many other kids also that are good. Yeah. The 09, I think the the in the 07, 08, 09, there'll be some of the players that will be NHL players for sure. Um, there, Some of these players are un, incredible athletes. It's awesome to see. Um, and it all started with uh, um, Mathias Brunet. He did Les Princes. He did a, a team that was primarily just black kids that were in it. They won oh, really? every game. It was incredible. Oh, yeah, really? When I started, yeah, they were called Les Princes, and uh, he coached them for a couple of years. It was incredible. And a minority team that were slaughtering all the teams they were they were playing uh, across. So it was awesome. So, no, it, it's awesome to see that the game is opened up to more and more minorities and to see some of them having success because it's going to encourage other minorities to play hockey and having fun. Yeah, uh, Matthias too is a is a very good dad, and he, he, both his uh, his boys are in sports, and uh, he follows them yeah. everywhere they go and watches all their games. I I see him often in 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 stadiums. All right, okay. Yeah. Um, glad you're on tonight because I don't know if you caught this. Did you hear about Vincent Dernay of the Edmonton Oilers talking to Mario Langlois of ninety eight point five FM? Did you hear what he no. had to say? No. What What did he say? Okay, so, of course, we all recall that that was Arbor Jacki's last fight, right? Because he got hurt in the yeah. fight. Uh, yeah. I, I don't have the, the entire quote, but I do know this because I, I didn't get all of it. He said he received death threats. Oh, from Montreal Canadian fans? Well, I would imagine. I mean, I would imagine it's not fans <laughs> of the Boston Bruins that are getting yeah. but But did that ever happen to you, to receive death threats because you may be hurt? intentionally or unintentionally a player on another team in a fight? Uh, no, but let's say that me and PK, we got a death threat because of our colors. So that's that's a different subject. So we don't have no, to no, go no, there. No, that's, no, hold, no but, that's not but, a different subject. Hold on. Oh, stop. You're not going to do that to me on this podcast. You okay. got death threats because you're black? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Tony, you know how many people in Montreal don't accept that a black guy plays for the Canadians? You know how many PK got? Oh, my God. Tony, like, you know, like, a rich history team like the Montreal Canadian, there is some fans that don't want to see a black man on that jersey. That's a fact. And you know how people are free to send letters? You know, it goes through the team. The team's like, before they, they get to us, you know, they screen them. And, yeah, there is a lot of hated mail. For sure, Tony. So hold on a second. So uh, people would send letters yeah. to the Bell Center. Uh, yeah. Your your letters were open when, before they got to you, yes. and they would they letters would tell are, you about them, or no? Because Tony, I knew I would ask. I knew about it. Like they screened them, but Tony, I know I know it works. I know the system. You know, I know what it is. Like 
in, even on my social media, every week I got to block people that are calling me the N-word. People that are tough enough to do it online, but not in my face. But Tony, with the letters, the same thing. I just knew. You know, when I they would ask you for a selfie and an autograph. Tony, when I signed with the Montreal Canadian, it was a record number of jerseys that were sold. At the same time, they were getting hit at mail because some people were not happy that I signed that, they, they, that they signed me, right? It's the yeah. nature of sport. You know, in Montreal, it's sacred. Some people don't like it. And TK, the fact that he was making 10 million a year with a Canadian, a lot of people were jealous and racist, didn't like the fact that a black man was making 10 million a year with the Montreal Canadian. And that's a fact, whether yeah. people like it or not. You know, you want to talk about the real thing in the sick podcast? Well, this is a real thing. This All is right. reality. That's all so, we have to deal with. It's fine. It didn't prevent me from knowing the Norris, being an yeah. amazing defenseman, and it didn't prevent me to do my job. All right. So uh, people hating on PK, I mean, we've seen it through on social media. I, I, I've seen it before. We're going to see it again. Um, um, someone to go out and to actually issue death threats uh, because, um, you know, a black player plays for the hockey team that you support. I mean, this is, this is, this is crazy. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised because it's, uh, don't be, don't be, a, Tony, a, don't be surprised. I could, Tony, I could go on and on, but I don't want to give a power to people that are negative. So I told you one part of it, but it's much more than that, but let's just stop All right. there. All right. Let's stop there. Uh, uh, seeing as we're uh, we're on the topic of uh, of uh, either guys from Quebec or Montreal Canadiens or former Canadians, from PK to Patrick Roy, his rampart lead three one the Halifax Mooseheads, and uh, everyone's wondering if uh, Patrick's next game is going to be his last game in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Where do you stand on this? I mean, uh, do you, you, you know, see the, Patrick the... Roy coaching in the National Hockey League? And if you were playing, would you want a coach like him? Yes or no, and why? Well. I think everybody deserves a second chance. We all know what happened. Patrick, while one week before training camp, he dropped Joe Sackick's team. You don't do that. A week before training camp because they didn't sign the player that he wanted. And Joe Sackick, a love guy, uh, like uh, everybody in the NHL loves him. You don't do that. Once he gassed Joe Sackick, his reputation was done in the NHL. But you know what he did? He has passion for coaching. A lot of respect for him going back in junior coaching the run part, all the bus ride and everything that he's doing. He's showing that he has passion for coaching and he has passion for winning. He does a hell of a job there and he deserves a second chance in the NHL. He will have a second chance. I would not be surprised if this year he would find a team in the NHL. Um, you know, he's a passionate man. He deserves yeah. a second chance. You know the mistake that he's done and it's okay. You know, everybody deserves a second chance. A lot of people made a mistake in the NHL. They're back behind the bench or they're back on the ice. Patrick certainly deserves a second chance and he brings emotion, uh, you know, to, to, to a team, a uh, lot of respect because what he's done in his career, everybody respect Martin Sandwich for what he's done, all the famer and all the famer like Patrick Webb behind the bench, nobody's talking about, he knows coaching. And I think one day we'll see him behind the bench. Listen, his uh, first eight years as a coach with the Rampart and junior hockey. And then from there, and by the way, he made the playoffs like every year. And then he went to coach three years in the National Hockey League. His first year with Colorado was absolutely fantastic. He won the coach of the year. And then the next two years after that, they missed the playoffs. And then, you know, he's back for another three years coaching in, uh, in, uh, in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. And now it looks like his team is on the verge of winning it all. Look, I never thought that Patrick Wall was going to get back in the National Hockey League because of the reputation that he had that Yamen Lash, right? He carries a lot of weight, right? And, and, 
he wants to be, you know, wh- you know what we were told or the, the picture that was painted was that he wants to be the coach. He wants to be the GM. He wants to be the assistant GM. He wants to be the, uh, uh, the, 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 the you know, Tony, the usher. That was back then. That was back then, but now he knows. You're right. Now he's crossing his finger just to get his head in the door. You know, yeah. he knows. He knows he can. He won't get all that. He knows if he's behind the bench, it's going to be his chance. He's not going to blow it. In because yeah. you know after what happened, you know lease is going to be sh- the, the the leash is going to be short. Everybody's going to be watching. Hey, are they going to say, "Oh, we knew that was not going to work"? Oh, oh, he really changed. Oh, he was a great asset to our team. Oh, that's the guy that we we needed. I think the second option is mostly what we'll see because uh, he'll be so happy back in here. Because Tony, come on, there's no way this man, this Hall of Famer, wants to coach Junior all his career. No, he wants no. to be in the show. He wants to of be behind course. the bench. That's what he deserves. He wants the Norris, man. No, not the Norris. The Jack Adams, sorry. The Jack he Adams. He wanted. So when you want the Jack Adams, you want to go back to junior with that experience that you've done. You want to be back in the show. That's where it should be. Enough. George, I think you're cutting out. I think we lost you for a second here. Maybe all that moving that you were doing, you made your mic go flying somewhere, and uh, now you're, uh, boop. I don't know. I'm back. I'm back. Okay, you're back. I'm okay, back. listen, listen, I'm gonna tell you something. Uh, as I mentioned before, like I, I never thought that he was going to coach in the National Hockey League again. But based on the coaching that he's done this year and based on the amount of time, and they say the time heals all wounds. And you talked about, you know, everyone deserves a second chance and Patrick Wad does too. Yeah. I'm starting to think now for the first time, like even when his name came up in in, in rumors, speculation over the last year or two, I never felt it. I never yeah. believed it. When his name was associated with the Montreal Canadiens, I thought that there was zero chance that that would happen. And I think I was right about that. But now I'm starting to think that there's a window of opportunity. I'm starting to think there's a chance. I'm starting to think you could pull it off. The question is, you're going to need a general manager that's going to have some really, really thick skin, George, right? Because it's easy to be scared or off from Patrick Watt because you look at him and based on what you heard, you're probably thinking at one point in the moment of adversity, this guy might stick it to me or, you know, and then he's probably going to try and take my job because, you know, we know that Patrick can do both. He can be a coach, he can be a GM. I told him, you know what they're going to do, Tony? What they're going to do to prevent that, they're going to start with a one or two year. Patrick will take whatever he could have. They're not going to give him a three or five years. No, they're going to want to see first. So one or two years max to see what they're going to have. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. Did we, uh, he's, did we lose him again or what? Did, is he cutting out again? I know it's not me. Uh, this, I know it's not me. I had my buddy Terry Color fix me up. Come like, uh, on, come back, come back. So Tony, one or two years to start with to see what you're gonna get. If it doesn't work, you fire him. You don't give him a five years, so you have to get rid of him, paying for another four years. So they'll start one or two years to see what they have in their hands, and I think it's gonna work out. Does it bother you if? Uh, okay, so out of all the places that we're hearing, yeah. and he maybe even not hearing, where do you think Patrick Waugh would be the best fit coaching in the National Hockey League? Where? In, Mont- in Montreal. Wow. Patrick Watt is a legend. What, now you when, me, Martin bro- when Martin Brother went to the Blues, it was weird. He deserved to be with the Devils, and he went back. He's where he belonged. Patrick Watt belonged to be with the Montreal Canadian. He's one of the biggest ambassadors. We lost Guy Lafleur. Patrick Watt should be there. We should have found him a role, so he should be with the team. Um, 
you know, now the relationship was fixed between him and the team. He belongs to be with the Canadians. Yeah, but what and role? You, I'm, so you, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying head coach. Matthias St. Louis is the head coach. Why not be on the bench with him? Assistant coach with him. You know, with the experience that he has. Why don't you have him there? You know, George, great that would it? be having those two guys be on the bench. No, I don't see it. I don't see it at all. Patrick Waugh working alongside Marty St. Louis? I don't see it at all. Well, if it's not coaching, put him in a management, put him somewhere. That guy deserves to be a Montreal Canadian for life, even if it's not behind the bench. It'll be I, uh... weird to see him in. Whether it's Ottawa, it's going to be weird. The Rangers is going to be weird. Man, he deserves, he's a Montreal Canadian for life. He no, I listen. I, I, I mean, I understand. Uh, you know, he's a Montreal Canadian. Listen, I, I get that he's a legend in the city. Yes, a hundred percent. He won a couple of Stanley Cups here. Uh, you won the Conn Smythe, both cups they won. George, I get all of this, but man, you just threw one out today. Patrick Waugh, assistant the Mountain Saint Louis. You, you just floored me on this one. It's oil and water, George. Yeah, but you, you say that that's in the past. They, they they see the game a different way. They talk the game a different way. They coach the game a different way. Patrick Waugh has become a very good communicator over the past couple of years. I'll give him that, and that I think that he can really communicate well. Uh, their temperament is a different temperament. Now, maybe they, they say that maybe opposites to well, maybe, staff might be maybe, good, but maybe find him a job with the team, and eventually, when Martin Saint Louis is done as a coach, because every coach is there to get fired eventually, Patrick could replace him. Would you want him to Why go to Laval? Floored? Would you want him to go to Laval? That's that's not bad. That's a good idea. But but actually, the guy in Laval, Will is doing a good job, so you can't really push him. You can't really push him aside. So well, a minute ago, um, you almost pushed Marty Saint Louis aside. No, I didn't. I said, come um, in with I said him. almost. I said almost. I said almost. I'll never. I said come in with it, but you said two. Those yeah, two you understand. Work I'm trying, we're, we're, yeah. we're trying to get we're trying to get views over here. I'm trying to be dramatic. You know what I mean? I'm trying to put maybe put words in your mouth. Yeah, but Tony, put him at put him at, like put give him a role with the Canadians. Eventually, San Luis gone. Give him the job. Hey, uh, I gotta show you something because I know you're hard on me every now and then. But I know you're you're hard because you love me. Oh my God, that is amazing! You could finally see it when you go pee, Tony. Wow, that that's incredible. How good is it to see it when you go pee now? Hey, stop with these jokes. Stop with these jokes. Stop with these jokes. <laughs> By the way, um, <laughs> uh, I was going to say something. All right, okay. Say it, say it, say it, say it. No, no, no. I was, no, no, no. no. Um, Why? Why? No, I was going to say the urinals, they're cold now. The water's cold. Tony, you've never touched the water. Are you kidding me? My God. Hey, I said that to a buddy. A buddy of mine called me um, yesterday, and he gave me the same joke. He says, you could probably see it now. And I said, yeah, but I said, the water is cold in the urinals. And he says, Tony, you're supposed to pee in them, not drink it. <laughs> drink the water from the Tony, urinals. I'm, yeah, anyway, listen. Tony, I'm, one of, I'm one of the only guys that could tie a knot when I have to go pee. Okay, stop, stop, stop. Listen to me. Um, Samuel Montambo. We're talking about Patrick Waugh. I think it's fitting we talk about Samuel Montembeau, who has uh, had a really good year with the Canadians. He went to the Worlds. Like, would you have thought that Samuel Montembeau was going to represent Canada at the World Hockey Championships? 
I'll say He's yes there? because nobody. Uh, Tony, I'll say yes because nobody wants to go to the world. The world is known for North American as a loser championship, as a players that didn't make the playoff that go there. Most guy don't want the premier guy don't want to go there. Who wants so you to would go get there? invited to the world? You wouldn't want to go. Tony, come on, man. If I was invited, that's different. I think that they're on crack and I'd come as fast as I can before they change their mind. Are you kidding me? Of course I would go, but it's a different thing for me. Why I'd go anywhere if someone wants me. My you God. would do you would but, do what as fast as you can. I would go get there as fast as I can before oh, you would, you would get there as fast as you can. Okay. Yes. Okay. Before I, they realize I, I, they made a call me in and then I'd be there. It'd be too late yeah. to send me back. Home. I, 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 I misunderstood. I mean, I, I misunderstood. I mean, I, I know that you, uh, you would have been excited by getting the invitation, but I didn't think you were going to be as excited as you just described like about a minute or two ago. Like now was, I was, whoa, what a terrible visual. Uh, all right. Uh, the, um, the, uh, the coyote situation. Since I have you here, what, what's um, how do you feel about it? Well, I played with them before, and I could tell you that the Coyote has never been, you know, a hockey market. Geographically, with TV rights, that's why they have to stay there. The NHL needed to open up there, and they did. Um, and that's why they stayed there was strategic. And now uh, it came to the point where they're no longer viable. There's even like the city, the people that live there talked and they said they don't even want them. So if your own fans don't want you, then you have no business being there. This team is going to move uh, probably to Houston. That's why we're all hearing. Uh, Daly said he'll be, he said he well, doesn't. They, 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 they should move to Houston. I mean, I'd love to see a team in Quebec, I, but I mean, I, I understand. Think it. Move. No, forget Quebec is dead. It's never going to happen. I think it's going to move to Houston. Daly said. He doesn't envisage. Uh, 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 he doesn't see. He, he couldn't imagine the fact that he wouldn't play in Phoenix next year. Maybe because Houston is too fast. Maybe one more year in that forty-five hundred like stadium rank, whatever we yeah. want to call it, and eventually move to Houston. Mullet Arena. Mullet Ar- okay, hold on a second. Why? Why will Quebec never happen? Why? Because it's too expensive now. They can't afford it. The mo- the year that Quebec wanted to do it, the money was par. The U.S. and the Canadian money. Now it's no longer the case. It's too expensive. It's going to be close to a billion, uh, a billion US plus American hockey league that you have to buy on top of that. It's too complicated. And now with the set, they say they had to buy antenna and all the things that they had to do. And now it looks like TV as far is in trouble and all the money they've lost. The TV rights have not been viable for them. Because of all that, Tony, you want to have an NHL team on top of that? I don't think they could afford it out anymore. So it's dead in the water and it's over. Well, um, I think they can, but um, but I'll say this: I think it's very unfortunate that there isn't a team in Quebec. And I know we're talking about it. it I think is it's very. It, it it's, is it's, they have a, they have a great arena. They have passionate fan base. Uh, there's eighteen thousand yeah. going to watch the Rampart games. I mean, there's eighteen thousand going to watch the Rampart games. What? I mean, twenty dollar I mean, ticket though. Twenty dollars. Yes, yeah, I, and, and I, yeah, and I, and I completely understand that because maybe that's the thing right there. Spending twenty bucks on a ticket and spending two hundred and fifty dollars on a ticket, yeah. obviously, and, and a different stories. So I can understand that. And Tony, and Tony, twenty bucks for a ticket for happening. There's a lot of people that are going there that are not hockey fans, but they're fans of happening. You know, it's just a happening in Quebec. It's like a big party, right? You go there, the atmosphere. You know, the team is going to win. A lot of people go there. They're not all hockey fans, but. You, you're around 18,000 people, you dress up, you go there. A lot of people, it's a party, it's fun atmosphere, it's awesome. So, yeah. And then, you know, 
I don't know everything, all the party that goes on in Quebec, but right now I don't think there's a hotter ticket, hotter ticket than uh, the Rempar. Yeah. Uh, did you see uh, Clayton Keller? It looks like uh, he wants out. Uh, can we get that uh, before we let yeah, George okay, go here? Yeah, okay, first of all, it's not Clayton Keller. It's his dad that said that. Obviously, his dad talked about a conversation that he had with his son. So yes. it's not good. It's not good because yeah. his dad said whatever he heard from his son. Unwritten rule. You shut the fuck up. When I tried to talk to Keith Ketchuk a couple months ago, Keith Ketchuk said, George, I can't talk to you because Matthew Ketchuk gave me a gag order after I said what I said about the Panthers. So Clayton Keller probably did the same thing with his dad. But the thing is, now he has to face his teammate. He has to face the management about everything that he said. Everything he said is true. We know no player wants to play in Phoenix anymore. We know that. Unless you like to play golf because the the weather cooperates and there's some nice golf courses. His dad put him in a tough situation, and he's a hell of a player. But, Maybe his dad uh, helped yeah. him out. Maybe his dad's going to help get him out of Arizona. Anyway, listen, you probably didn't see this, but can we bring it up? Do we have it? Clayton Keller's agents on a Phoenix Sports podcast. His that's agents. the biggest thing that it? I think is the takeaway is, as you referenced, this has been uncertain for far too long, and – now there is an, a real urgency on our client's behalf to have clarity. Uh, we need to have clarity. Uh, again, Clayton, I'll just use him. He's in the prime of his career. He took a huge step this year. He's going to take another step next year. He deserves to be in an organization that has stability and that is pursuing the same thing that he is, which is excellence, right? And that is the real, that's the real flashpoint for us. And, and that's a big reason we're meeting with the Coyotes folks here later today. Um, that that there needs to be some concrete plans, not not hoping plans, not maybe plan. This you know this has to come to a head here shortly, um, and I'm sure that other agents feel the same way for their clients. George, before you say anything, uh, when you talked about Clayton Keller's dad coming out and saying that it's his son's, you know, his son won't play in Arizona again. Um, Tony, Tony, it's a bad move that he did that. His agent should have never done that. Okay, you so that's what client. I wanted to get, but, but but this is what I want to get to, right? The agents, it, it almost sounds, George, it almost sounds like there's a plan, and, and for them, executing the way out of Arizona is probably yeah. first the dad, now the agents. And, you know, the thing is, with the salary cap and stuff, it's tough to, it's going to take time to trade a player like that. I'm sure a lot of teams are going to want him like team wanted Chikrin, but his agent didn't help him because He's in Phoenix. He has to live with this. He has to face his teammates. He has to face the crowd. It is one of the premier player on that team, and he does that. What if it takes a couple months into the season before you trade him? The reaction is going to be unlivable. It's insane. That's a rookie move that his agent did. Do it. Why you have to tell the world that? Do it behind closed door. Go see the team. Talk to them. Tony, it's wrong what he did. George, go watch your son. Have fun. I wish him all the best. George, stop. Okay, I got to go. Ciao. Good. All right, there you have it. <laughs> George Larac. Uh is watching his son playing uh, hockey in Vegas. Uh, who can blame him? Um, so this game is in overtime between Carolina and Florida. The overtime hasn't started yet. And uh, maybe when it does, I'm probably going to let you go uh, early here so that you can all go watch the overtime. Uh, Drew and Gallagher for Keller. Uh, someone obviously is being very, very sarcastic. Uh, um, 
Uh, that's sarcasm over humor because that's clearly not funny because there's no chance of that happening. They can replace Keller with Drouin, who will be a free agent, says Oreo. It seems like everyone's talking about the same thing. Uh, all right. Uh, he's no Lindros, says Kev. Uh, let's bring up um, Clayton Keller's Hockey DB from Hockey Database. All right. Let's keep it here for a second. All right. 24-year-old winger. Right winger, shoots left, can play both wings, by the way. Five foot ten, about a buck eighty. And his he went seventh overall in the 2016 draft. In his first full season in the National Hockey League, he had 65 points. He took a step back over the next two or three seasons with 47 points, 44 points. And 35 points in 56 games. He's injured that year. And then a year ago, 63 points in 67 games. So almost a point a game player. And this past season, he passed the point a game. 86 points in 82 games. He's obviously on an upward swing. You get the feeling by looking at his numbers that a 100-point season is not out of the realm of possibility for Clayton Keller. You get the feeling that next season, you know what, if he would still be on that same team in that same environment, you get 90. But the, the the challenge is, is sometimes when you get traded to another franchise, sometimes it takes a while for you to get used to the team, to get used to the system, to get used to the coach, to get used to your teammates, to get used to the conference, to get used to the division, to get used to the tra- all that stuff. So... But then again, some of you will probably say, you know what? A good hockey player is a good hockey player. And if he can do it in Arizona, he can do it somewhere else as well. And no, I'm not even going to ask you what you would give to, to for Clayton Keller because I would imagine. Hold on, let's let's keep let's keep up his uh, let's keep up his chart. Actually, I would imagine that some of you are going to say, no, the Montreal Canadiens already have a small player in Cole Caulfield. But that doesn't mean you can't have a second small player. Clean Keller wants out. What would you give for Clean Keller? I mean, look at those stats. Those are really good numbers. 86 points in 82 games. What would you give? Let's go to YouTube Live. Check out what everyone's saying. By the way, if you're enjoying the podcast, if you enjoyed George Larac, uh, like it, share it with your friends. Message sick, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K. If you're going to listen to us on uh, Google, Apple, or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. It's our way of feeling the love. Once again, we're brought to you in part by La Bit at TV, by Energy Transportation Group, and by XL Moto, XLMoto.com. Um, Michkov can be a keller, says Jean Maurice. Both are right-wingers shooting left. José Levesque says, how many goals did he score? Let's bring it back up. 37 goals in 82 games. That's a lot of goals, José. This guy would be the second-best goal scorer on the Montreal Canadiens. He'd be the second-best goal scorer on the Montreal Canadiens. Behind Cole Caulfield who, barring injury, should be a 40-plus goal scorer for the next five or six years. 
Florida's pick and a prospect for Keller. That's not going to get it done. Come on, folks. Florida, Florida's pick is like 29th, 30th, 31st, or 32. Who's the prospect? We're talking about a player who's going to be entering, if he's not in the prime of his career right now, we'll be entering the prime. We'll be in his prime years are going to be the next four years. He's 24. He turns 25 at the end of July. 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. You would think a good five years of prime, you would think. Then again, there's some smaller players that end up getting hurt, and once they hit about 30, they start to break down a little bit. But he doesn't play that kind of game. Plays a very smart game. He doesn't play the type of game where you're going to get hurt and you're going to break down and all that stuff. And by the way, for those of you who are wondering as to, uh, you know, how much he's getting paid, Peyton Keller still has many years left on his contract. As I uh, take a look at Cap Friendly to find out all the details, his cap hit is $7.15 million. $7.15 million. He's got one, two, three, four, five years left on his deal. And next season, 23-24, he can still be traded this offseason. And he can be traded next season before July 1st. And then in the 24-25 and 25-26 season, he's got a no-trade clause. And in the final two seasons of his contract, 26-27, 27-28, he has a no-movement clause. So there's something to think about. Look, folks, I can go on and on and on and answer all of your questions here. But I, I almost feel like I'll be doing a little bit of an injustice because this has been a great hockey game, and it's in overtime. So once again, special thanks to Energy Transportation Group, XLMoto.com, Labita TV, uh, Matrix. Let's give them a shout-out as well. Discover a club-quality workout in the comfort of your own home. Visit MatrixHomeFitness.ca. Uh, I know I have the treadmill, and I've been doing a lot of walking on it. I know Agnello has the elliptical, and he's been doing a lot of what he's got to do on that elliptical. I got the roar as well. We're talking about just um, well-manufactured, very high-end equipment. Very high-end. As they say, Matrix. Strong, smart, beautiful. Just like me. For Agnello, go watch the game now. Carolina and Florida. They're a minute and a half into overtime. The score is tied at two. For Agnello and Sammy at Master... And by the way, I'll be back tomorrow. I'm hosting. Even though it's Fridays, I'm hosting tomorrow night. Same time, same place, 10 p.m. We'll break away five minutes earlier than usual uh, because this game is worth it. For Agnello and Sammy at Master Control, their Cavallaro... Marinero. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. 
The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature.